great things about renovating in a team is you get to see who's got what it takes. And what makes a good renovator is, I guess there's two things. There's a willingness to do what it takes and problem-solving abilities. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello, everyone. Uh, So it's a while since I've recorded an episode, so I thought week before Christmas, it's time to get back into the swing. And so Today I'm going to be um, talking about 2021 and 2022, some reflection and some plans moving forward. And before I do that, I want to introduce you to little Harriet, who is our newest family member. So Harriet was on my 100 things list and this year it came true. And so she joined us a week ago and she's just so incredibly cute. Okay, so... Let's get started. So I'm going to talk about 2021 for a start, and I'll do that in three categories, three categories. I'll do it in terms of the school, in terms of renovating, and then personally. Now, let's start with renovating. So it's been a very interesting year, and if on the face of it, It looks like that I've had a pretty ordinary year in some ways, but in other ways, it's been extraordinary. And I'll explain what I mean. So let's start with Newcastle. So the class project, we had some of our community contribute to a fund to do a project. My idea was that we do two projects a year and to use it as an opportunity for someone that doesn't have that much experience to to get into the back end of a project and to see if the model worked. And so we bought a house in Newcastle using Judith Taylor, our one of our buyer's agents. And the reason we bought in Newcastle is because we had a budget of around a million dollars and that won't buy a house in Sydney. And so we bought that and got the plans together to get it renovated. And I have to say that it has been the most challenging project I have done for as long as I can remember. Well, the main reason is due to the impact of uh, the COVID lockdowns on trades and materials and the fact that we're in a regional area. I'm going to call it regional even though it's a big city. And it's our first project there. So always on the first project, you're getting your team together. First thing, trades has probably been the most challenging. And uh, basically what it's meant is it's just taken a lot more time. So, you know, first thing, trying to get a builder and we'd wait, you know, three or four weeks for that person to turn up. As it turned out, the builder that we got only stuck around for a little while, so we had to find someone else. And it's been like that the whole way through. So finding, I guess, the builder, the plaster border, the roofer and the painter have all been very challenging. 
and have taken a lot of time to source. But the flip side of that is we have developed a few new strategies for finding trades in those circumstances and they have proved very effective. And we have built a strong project management team in the team who that has been working with me to execute that project. Because it's taken so long and has been such like a big draw on on my focus and resources, I've been really grateful to have such an incredible team to work with. Plus, it just makes it so much more fun. So we've had a lot of fun tooling backwards and forwards to Newcastle and I guess navigating our way through the challenges. You know, some of the things, well, basically it's been just getting people to do stuff and also getting materials. So one of the things that we discovered is that the property, the roof was disintegrating. It's the concrete tiles tend to have a limited life and they were falling apart. This is something that didn't come up in the building report. I reckon we probably would have had five or six roofers look at it and they all said the same thing. It was shot. And so then we thought, okay, well, we'll need to put a new roof on and we're going to go with iron. At the time, I think it's filtering through now, there was no insulation in Newcastle, so I couldn't get roofing blanket. So what I ended up doing was sourcing it in Victoria, getting it brought up at great expense, and then when we got it up there, we discovered a roofer who specialises in Concrete roofs has a yard full of old concrete tiles to match, you know, with existing. And so in the end, he was able to restore the roof and paint it. And so now it has a beautiful, what looks like a brand brand new tile roof, but in, in reality, it's a restored roof with a 10-year warranty. So Fantastic outcome because thermally they're a lot better. The tiles are a lot better. And I just really like the idea of using existing rather than creating more waste. So more drag on the resources. And so it, it saved about half the cost of the new roof. We still had to put new gutters, replace the fascias. It was all, you know, yeah, pretty shot, but that was done. We've held off and we'll go to market in the new year. We had to wait for the roofer to be able to do the job and as there was a lot of bad weather, that was a bit hit and miss, miss but we'll be going to market towards the end of um, January. So one of the great things about renovating in a team is you get to see who's got what it takes and I've just been so impressed with some of the renovators I've been working with And what makes a good renovator is, I guess there's two things. There's a a willingness to do what it takes, and I think that's the main thing actually, a willingness to do what it takes and problem-solving abilities. Just And it's not like they know the answer to everything, but they just keep at it and keep, you know, ringing people and researching until the answer pops up. And so having done that though, that project with those people, I feel really confident about, you know, if I was to get to do another project and I needed someone, someone to manage it, I, 
I know who I'd go to because I've seen them in action and I've been really impressed. So that's been, there have been lots of good things that have come out of that project. The second project that we've had this year is the Dali Street project, which will be the longest renovation project in history. We we almost did it. We were were up to the kitchen, which is really the last thing to, well, I shouldn't just say kitchen, the whole project is joinery, really. And that was about to be installed when the contractor advised me that he was going broke. Now, that's something that's happened a lot during this year. COVID and the rising cost of building materials has had a very negative impact on contractors. So a lot of uh, builders in particular would have a lot of fixed price contracts and the price of materials would escalate and they have got nowhere to go because their price is a fixed price. And so many have been going broke. I'm pretty sure, well, I know that our joinery didn't send our um, contractor broke because he hadn't even started it. What we had done is had, well, that we found that out afterwards, but what he, we had done is we'd shipped the Huffley wall bread and some appliances to him the range hood to him to fit into the joinery. So when he rang me and said the liquidators were coming in, we needed to get over and get those back pretty smartly because once the liquidators hit, they assume everything in that premises is is the property of the business owner and that we would not get them back. And, you know, three or $4,000 worth of materials. So we've got them back and we've just put that on hold until the new year. Something that I've learned is that uh, a lot of people are buying studios in their self-managed super funds because they're great cash flow machines and so the market is quite good for those So, and particularly something that's been really nicely renovated. So, yes, that will come out in the um, new year. And the third project was Oxley Park. So a development site that I bought for Stephen and I eight years ago. Oops, sorry. Oh, I should mention anyone that's listening on the podcast, I'm also recording this in video as well. So, And if you come over to YouTube, you'll see little Harriet crawling over my shoulder and being very active through this recording. So Oxley Park. So Stephen announced he was going to retire. So I thought, okay, better get my skates on because that was part of our retirement plan. So I headed out to see the town planner and basically he delivered some interesting news in that the planning laws had changed and I could no longer build townhouses on that block as it was. I needed to buy a second block because the minimum frontage had changed to 22 metres. So then I was faced with a dilemma. Now, we'd owned this property for I think it was eight years And at this point, if I was to sell the property and not do anything with it, I would get a price of around $950,000. And so really it owed me $875,000, so that wasn't going to be a great outcome. So I started looking at other options. And so the next option was to buy the neighbour's property so that I could develop and interestingly the neighbor was wanting to sell so that was looking like a good option and and so when I was doing the numbers on that 
I was looking at whether we would develop it because initially the site would accommodate five, maybe probably only five townhouses. But if we were to get a second one, you get an economy of scale and I probably would have got 12 out of the second one. So I did the numbers on it and with the rising the rising costs in building materials, it was looking pretty borderline in terms of feasibility. Now, I think at the moment, unless you are really into development in a big way, um, it's a pretty risky path to take. And like, seriously, Stephen and I, well, obviously Stephen does big development, but townhouse development, we haven't done one of those for quite some time. And it's not really something that we're overly interested in. But we looked at, you know, whether we would go the 12 townhouses or not. And we decided that we really weren't interested in doing that. We could have still gone with our original plan on the single block because we had planned to do affordable accommodation. However, we wanted to divide it into townhouse lots to reduce the risk, to reduce the, so that one, we're not having the, you know, like 15 or 20 studios in one building. That meant we didn't have to, so that we didn't have to build a class three building, which has much higher building costs. And we didn't need to have an on-site manager. Plus, we didn't really want to be building something that looked like an institution. We wanted it to be modern and funky and, and personal for the person living there. Anyhow, so we started negotiating to buy the neighbour's property when we came, made the decision that we weren't going to develop it. We were just going to package it up and sell it on. And there was quite a decent uh, profit to be made there. And so we'd already, he'd already accepted an offer when I realised that if I extended the, the settlement period, I could actually not even have to get finance for it. And so that's what we did. And as a result, we um, made a $600,000 profit over and above the bit that I was going to make on the one we had. And, and that was in a 30 day deal. So it took 30 days to uh, negotiate the purchase of the first property, bundle them up, them up together and sell them, sell them off as a bundle. So in the long run, that ended up being a very fruitful experience. It's an interesting concept. And, and basically what I did in the She Renovates Live conference is actually outline the steps because obviously you need to manage the risk along the way and you need a team of advisors. So I basically gave the detail to that in the conference. So if you've got the recordings of that, you can go off and listen because it's something that anyone could find themselves in a position where there is profit to be made, big profit to be made out of a deal like that. So it's a good idea to really understand the concept and and how to execute it. And that session will give you some insight into what that involves. And so, of course, now that that has sold, then I'm looking down the path of what I'm going to replace that project with and we are actually already negotiating on the next property. And I'll talk about that in the 2022 section of this um, episode. So the next thing is I want to talk about is the School of Renovating. So 
this year we took our team from four to seven. So I don't ever want the school to be some massive big business. I don't ever want it to be one where we have thousands of people coming through that we don't know because I do this as much for the satisfaction as I do for the income. And but it needed to get bigger than it was. And so this was the year. So going from adding those extra people to our team have been, has been game changing. So two key people in particular, James and Michelle, you will have heard from both of them at some stage. Amazing. And they, so firstly, Michelle is a, she's a mindset coach and also a renovator. Her speciality is budget renovations. And I think the thing that is so amazing about her is her outlook and her positivity and her commitment to making sure that we all are in the perfect position to achieve our goals in terms of our mindset. The other person is James. So James and I have known one another for a very long time, but we've not worked together And I think the thing that I love about James, so his expertise is marketing. He was the marketer for Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad events, but now he's our marketing person and he just makes every day a lot more fun, more than anything. Um, And also he is a partner in in the class project. But what I've realized is that when you have competent people in your business, then they actually give the business the capacity to grow. So they basically fill in the gaps, you know, the things that you can't do because nobody's everything and and give it, yeah, make it build its capacity, which I'm, yeah, absolutely loving. And the third thing that we did this year is really, I think, fine-tuned the joint venture process that's working really well. We've got some really great relationships in our Wonder Women program of women that are working together to achieve their financial goals. So that's, yeah, on lastly, She Renovates Live. So that has been a long-held, I guess, goal of mine. And we ran our second one this year. It needed to be online because we just did not want it to be derailed by lockdowns and we were really thrilled with the outcome. We had 170 people register for it. We had close enough to 100 online pretty much every day. So some people could come one day and not the other or were at work and were coming in between in their breaks. So that's the beauty of such a versatile platform. But we've also now got all the recordings and we've set them up um, in our portal like a little course. And so they're available for anyone that has a ticket you will get automatic access to that and you should already have an an email with the logins. If you would like to have access to them, you just go to our website and you can purchase access for, I think it's $149. So amazing, amazing value. And basically what you'll get is a whole lot of case studies, trainings. We have everything from how to hack your facade to how to negotiate buying and selling property. Lots of sessions there. A lot of them are quite short so that you can consume them easily. 
And of course, I dealt up the the detail on my $600,000 profit. So lots of insight into what's happening in renovating and in particular women renovating. So you'll meet if you get in there and have a look, you'll see lots of women um, doing amazing things with their renovating. Okay, so that's the school. So the next thing on a personal level, it's just been not so good. So those of you who've been listening to the podcast for some time, you will know that I've always had a very close relationship to my mum. She's been in aged care for the last few years with dementia and this year she took a big nosedive and has started her departure from this world. Her doctor rang me around June, I think, and suggested that I should come and see mum because she felt that she was, you know, not long for this world. And so I went through the quarantine process to fly to Victoria. I got the permit, flew to Victoria, went into quarantine so that I was able to spend a decent amount of time with her and which was really good and since then she has continued to decline at the moment we know that she's probably got a couple two to three months left and so what I'm doing at the moment is um, spending as much time with her as I can I'm lucky because I can actually fly to Bendigo she's in Echuca so I can fly to Bendigo and go and spend a day with her and fly home quite easily and very sad. But I also am like a realist, like she's lived a good life to 84 and we all have to go. It's just really the process of going that I think I'm finding so quite distressing. But I just keep reminding myself of what an amazing mum she was. Now, so that's the first thing. What else has happened personally? So Stephen is retiring in June, so we've been making plans for that. And we've also been planning out the renovation on our own home. We're not hurrying into this because, to be honest with you, I have not had the bandwidth to hurry into anything. And so we're really taking our time. And I'll talk more about that when I talk about our plans for 2022. But when I was preparing for this today, I went and had a look at, when I was preparing for this, I went and had a look at my 100 things. So I have a list of 100 things that I want to achieve. And so I went and looked at what I have achieved off that over the last year. And I could cross off nine items. I thought that was pretty good. And I'm just going to share with you some of the things that I was able to cross off. And there are also some that I've actually made inroads into that I will probably nail this year or this next year. So one of them was to develop a sort of an, an elegant process for joint ventures in Wonder Women and we are, are, we've achieved that. The other was to interview a block contestant and I, I interviewed Chantelle Ford back earlier in the year and I'll add a link to that episode in the show notes. Another one, because I'm not a morning person, another one was that I wanted to flip that and become a morning person and wake up at six o'clock each day. And that is something I've been able to achieve. So what 
we did, Stephen and I did, is we moved our bedroom to the top of the house to a light-filled room so that I am woken up by the sunrise every morning, which has been amazing and I've loved it. And so has Stephen, interestingly, because I did meet a little bit of resistance when I suggested that to him, but no, he's fully on board now. Another one was to have a puppy. That was another one that Stephen took quite a bit of convincing. So, of course, I am quite an independent woman when making decisions, but I really feel with life decisions like that are going to impact both of our lives quite significantly, we need to both be on board with. And he eventually agreed and he as he is as much in love with Harriet as I am. So that's been a story of success. Another one was I wanted to have a hair appointment every week. I did actually start that, but it's I've dropped off because I've I don't know, I just stopped doing it during during lockdown and I never really got back to it. So that's going to be something that will happen again in the new year. Another one was I wanted to learn to flip websites. And I'm well into that. I don't actually do the tech stuff, but I work on the strategy and I'm working on two websites at the moment. One I bought and it was called, it's called Fur Baby Guide. And I thought that was very relevant to our journey because I was planning to, to get Harriet. I haven't done much with it yet, but I've been doing a lot of keyword research and so on. I haven't really had the bandwidth. But now over the holidays, I'll do some work on that. And the other one is I've been working with Liz and Matt Rad from the eBusiness Institute. You may have remembered we we ran a webinar with them. And I also did a, an episode, I think, with Liz earlier in the year. I'll include the number of that in the show notes. But yeah, so I yeah, so I'm actually working with them in their champions program, which is a lot of fun. Incidentally, I've taken a few friends along with me on the ride. So James is also participating in that. And he's bought a few websites too. And the last one or one of the others that I had on my list of 100 things was to to set up a luxury Airbnb. And I have definitely started work on that. So I've got it. So over the last few years, like I think I've been doing Airbnb for probably eight or nine years and I've had anything up to 10 listings at once. I currently have none. I've shut down my last listing, which was factory floor. And of course, we sold Oxley Park, that was on Airbnb. And so at the moment, I'm looking at renovating the factory floor. And that renovation is spanning across its marketing, the actual property itself, and the management of it. And so, you know, because I'm working with Matt and Liz on website development, I'm building a website for the factory floor, so I'm incorporating that in part of that um, process. But I was going to fully lux it up, but I decided because our point of difference is that we allow pets, that I probably going for a really high ticket nightly rate is probably not a bit prohibitive and that, that I'm probably better to lux it up a bit but not go over the top. And once again, you need to, I need to be prepared for, to have pets there. So obviously it, it limits, you know, what you're going to spend on furniture and so on. So I need to be mindful of that. 
but it's definitely um, going to have a big makeover. Those of you who know the listing, when we made it over, I think it was about two years ago, we upcycled our bedhead and so on. Well, that's all coming out because we're changing the theme. We're going to more of a industrial theme. And so we're really working on the, on the concept because that's the thing with Airbnb. It's about the concept. And another thing that we're doing is because we live in a warehouse, there's quite a bit of structured born noise, particularly between the first floor and the ground floor, which is where the factory floor is. So something that one of the items on the scope of work for the factory floor is soundproofing. And so because you can't charge a high nightly rate if your if the soundproofing is not up to scratch, that just won't that won't work. So that's part of the, the planning in preparing that moving forward. But the other thing I have in the pipeline for my luxury Airbnb plan is that we are negotiating our next project. And I can't tell you too much about it because it's still happening, but basically we have met with the owners of a historic building in a town that I grew up with, grew up in in country Victoria. And it requires a lot of restorative work. It's in pretty, or part of it's in pretty bad condition. But our plan is to convert it into a mini Airbnb hotel. So basically with three or four suites and, and having them each have a different theme. And so I've been having a lot of fun sort of planning that out. And so it's not something that's going to happen quickly, which I'm quite happy about because because I don't want it to be working on it until Stephen has finished work because it's quite a big project and I feel that we I don't want to go straight out of a fairly full-on project into another one. And so I expect that we'll get started on that around June. But once we've got it and we are, you know, we're underway with the planning, I'll talk more about that then. It's not on the market. It's an off-market. We were actually approached about it and and it's a very, very unique project. So I'm very excited about it. So We'll just keep things moving with that. The other renovation that we have in store is our own family home. And once again, that needs more bandwidth than I'm willing to contribute. Well, I'm probably okay now. So the other project that we have on our doorstep is our family home. And that's moving along. It's moving along slowly, but that's fine. When it's your family home, you don't want it to move along too quickly because you change your mind as you go along and you want to make sure that you get the best plan possible. The other thing that I had on my 100 things, my list of 100 things, is I want another grandchild. Now, you might think that's crazy to put that on my list because I have no power over it. However, I'm a great believer in putting what you want out into the new universe and it has worked. So Hannah and Ed have told us that they're having their first baby in June and they're having a little girl and so we are very excited about that. So we're also excited that with Stephen not working, we're going to be freer to travel and spend some time helping out and so on. And, of course, the other plan for 2022, which is something that I've tried to do for a few years but never really achieved it, 
is that I'm probably not going to be doing any flips. Well, not where I'm the driver because my husband and our accountant actually staged an intervention uh, late this year because I was so consumed with the class project that basically they set up a facility in our relationships that I need to get their input before I agree to taking on a project because personally I'm always, I'm an automatic yes, it's just the way I am and unfortunately it's something that I can't, I don't regulate very well and so in order for me to have the life I want, I need to be a little bit more less busy. And so my theme for 2022 is for us to have a simpler life. It's fine because my focus is on our Wonder Women project, so I will still do it, be doing my site visits, but they I'll be visiting their projects. And so I think that it will actually free up my focus to be able to spend more time doing that. And something that I didn't mention in when I was talking about 2021 is that I've just been so impressed with what the women in our program have been achieving. And so, and I'm really, I guess, thrilled with the the calibre of the women who are renovating with us and the fact that we're getting such a broad range of skills. Now, I always see renovating, when you renovate, you have this system that you follow to make money, but each person adds their own personal, I guess, strength to it. And so it gives you a whole variety of outcomes and different ways of achieving the result. And that's what I've really loved. So many of them you would have heard from people like Liz Gordon, who's into moving house, Rebecca Pfeiffer, who's upcycling. We've got Mary Newland and Kate Potter, who are Airbnb queens, Suzette's, you know, she won Wonder Women Hustler of the Year. Kate Karen Ross is the spreadsheet queen. So, so we've got this incredible, I guess, richness of skills and um, expertise over and above the renovating strategy, which really makes for an incredible community. And that's something that I am really thrilled with. Okay, so. That's really it for me today. So I've given you a little rundown on how my 2021 looked and some of the things that I'm going to be looking forward to in 2022. So I always start my planning quite quite a long way before Christmas and I do that because it's not really about the plan, it's about the process of planning. So it's really keeping your you know, keeping your eye on your goal and keeping adjusting your approach to the best outcome. Now, if you haven't got your plan ready to launch in 2022, I want to let you know that we're running a little online workshop in order to help you do that. Basically, it's called Create Your Personal Action Plan to Renovate for Profit in 2022. So basically, um, if you have, if you've been thinking about renovating and creating beautiful rooms as your happy place, but you still haven't really had the confidence to make your move, then that's what this workshop's about. It's about you getting your first fifty to a hundred thousand profit 
under your belt in the next 12 months or in the bank, I should say. And so the most common frustration I hear is I just don't know where to start. So I'm going to tell you exactly where you need to start. And the other things I'll be covering is basically putting together a strategy for your first renovation, how you can still make an excellent profit in the current market. I think some people get freaked out by the way the market, you know, bends and flexes, but that's pretty much the nature of the beast and identifying the best area and the best property for you, how to buy in this market at a price that you can renovate and sell to make a profit, the secret to lining up reliable trade teams so you don't have to do all the work yourself, very important, how to make the hundreds of decisions that you need to make, especially when choosing materials and lots more. So if you want to get started in 2022 and really hit the ground running, then this is a great event for you and I'd love to see you there. And plus we have, so it's an interactive workshop. It is online but it is interactive so you can unmute yourself and talk, which is always good. And also we'll have a little competition during the session and you can win a Templin Webster gift card. So that's it. So I'll include the link in the show notes and we look forward to seeing you there. That's it from me for today. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'd love to hear what plans you've been thinking about for your renovating in 2022. On that note, take care and Harriet says goodbye too and we'll see you next week. If you want to meet up with a group of savvy renovating I shouldn't say it's all women because it's not, but savvy renovators, I'll say. Come over and join She Renovates. It's completely free Facebook group and it is growing at the rate of knots. We hit a thousand members just recently and now it seems to have picked up momentum. And so they are all savvy renovating women and men that are working their little hearts out to live a better life through renovating. Join if you're not already a member, and then ask, comment, and do whatever you would like to do in order to further your renovation journey. And that's it for me today. So I'll see you next week. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.